Hey Facebook, thank you for coming back for another Ed Talks Daily. This episode is about the different forms of stress. Because of the rain, we're indoors today, but the vibe is still the same. What are the different forms of stress? Why is it important to know the different forms of stress? And how does that have anything to do with you? You know, someone said ignorance is bliss. No, knowledge gets you to create your bliss. Ignorance ain't the bliss. Knowledge is what gets you to create the bliss. So that's why it's important to stay woke by knowing what forms of stress that you are growing through. Hello, powerful people. My name is Edouard Gilles, personal development speaker and talk show host. And I want to welcome you to this holistic experience called Ed Talks Daily Personal Development and Motivation. This podcast is all about growth in all aspects of your life. How do you solidify a great mindset that will lead to a healthy body, healthy relationships, and an in-tune spirit? Well, join me on this journey to becoming the best version of ourselves. If you want a podcast that you can relate to, a podcast that will motivate and inspire you, all while educating you on ways to personally develop and grow as a being, Ed Talks Daily is for you. Find Ed Talks Daily on your favorite podcast app and be sure to leave your thoughts in the form of a review. Or tune in live every Monday at 12 p.m. by visiting FAURradio.com. Thank you all for listening all around the world to the Ed Talks Daily Personal Growth and Motivation Podcast. And like I always start every episode, I want to talk to you about different forms of stress. Why is this important? Because it's going to allow you to be conscious. A good way to cope with stress is actually being conscious. They call it self-monitoring. Monitoring. So let's say you was looking at a monitor to see what's going on. And you're like, I don't necessarily know what's going on. So you gotta look at the monitor to see what's going on in the computer. So self-monitoring allows you to see, hey, am I stressed right now? Hey, am I having a little panic attack? Or hey, am I hyperventilated? So we need to know these things because if we don't, then we won't be able to self-diagnose. Right? A lot of us, we go to WebMD for the internet diagnoses, right? Because WebMD, WebMD apparently must have the answers. But do we do a self-diagnosis? So that's why it's important to know the different forms of stress so you can do a self-diagnosis. I want to thank everybody for watching this today. If you're watching live on Instagram or Facebook, if you're listening... I want you to just share this episode to 10 friends, share this episode to 10 friends, start a watch party, or send a message to a friend with this video. Thank you all for watching. Shout out to Janelle at Esme. Shout out to everybody watching all around the world. Shout out to Karis Jefferson, Jet Ebony. Thank you all for watching. I want to shout out to you. Comment so I can know your name. Today is about the different forms of stress. So lately I've been structuring the podcast to be like a class. So 
so every week I'm picking a topic and I'm sectioning it out. So like a class, I decided that I'm going to be a good instructor and write notes and points so that I don't miss out on what to, all the things I want to tell you. Because sometimes I start flowing and <laughs> I go to a whole different direction. So we're going to talk about the four, the different types of stress. So the, norm, the first one is a normal stress reaction. All right. So a normal stress reaction A normal stress reaction is how you normally react to stress. Like how you normally attack, react to a normal stressful situation. Let's do some self-reflection. Go back to a little stressful event. It only causes you a little bit of stress. I want you to feel how that feels. In fact, think of something that may cause you stress and that will cause you stress right now. You're like, bro, I don't wanna be stressed right now. <laughs> Just do a self-diagnosis, right? I said self-monitoring. Normal stress reaction, what does that mean for you? So it's a stress in response to na normal or natural problems. Okay, corona hits and, oh snap, how am I gonna pay my bills? We're worried about how am I going to pay my bills? How am I going to eat? How am I going to keep my business running? Right? This is a normal stress reaction. And this only happens for since from about zero to six months. That's a normal stress reaction. You, you're normally stressing about this for only about zero to six months. If it's six to 12 months, you know, worrying about the money problems, worrying about what your business is going to do, worrying about your kids then you know that's an extreme normal stress reaction. So if that stress accumulates over time and you're also worried and anxious and you can't wait or you don't necessarily know what's gonna happen, then that brings you to a generalized anxiety disorder. Okay, a generalized anxiety disorder. Now make a disclaimer. I don't need to make a disclaimer. I'm not a psychotherapist but I'm a mind student. <laughs> I study the mind, right? So I want you to be conscious of these things because this is what we call mental health first aid. Mental health first aid is being able to know, diagnose, and then have solutions for the problem after you diagnose, okay? So generalize is an excessive stress reaction you're out of proportion, you have extreme worry. Some people are super warriors, which means nothing can phase them and they fight whatever comes in their way. But other people, and I'm not saying that's bad, I'm just letting you know how it is. Some people, other people are super warriors, which means all they do is worry. They get in worry so much that they end up forgetting that action, action diminishes worry or looking for opportunity will allow you to worry less. So if you get stuck in that point for a long period of time, then you got generalized anxiety disorder. So it usually starts around early 20s, okay? So why does we, why do we usually get a lot of more anxiety when we're 20s? Because when we reach our 20s, 
we now have to improve our ability to respond. So what that means is we have to increase our responsibility, which means there's different things we gotta take charge of and you trying to, you figured out life at this point. And then things hit you. You're like, yo, I'm getting into adulthood. Yo, what's really going on? So when you're about 20 years old, this is the where you're more prone to getting generalized anxiety disorder because of all of the things that you're currently dealing with, right? So in dealing with all these things, that leads to that. So it's definitely a common, common, very common right now, especially now anxiety rates have went up tremendously, right? So they say two to 5% of the population have generalized anxiety disorder. Those numbers were in the past. Those numbers, I need to research them to see what they are now. And about 20%, and like I said, these numbers are probably skewed. More than 20% go to the doctor because of anxiety. And a lot of times they can go to the doctor thinking they're sick, but they're actually anxious. And the anxiety about thinking they're sick gets them more anxious, which keeps the anxiety loop. And anxiety does eventually cause so much inflammation that you become sick because you anxiously got into the sickness, right? So generalized anxiety disorder, people go to the doctor for that all the time, but the doctor don't really know what to tell you, how to treat you, because that's not necessarily what they're trained to do. Now, if you go to the therapist, they have different therapy tools that they can use, like cognitive behavioral therapy, Right? They could use different ways of introducing the things that cause you anxiety in small portions until you could handle it in real life without necessarily having being anxious. So, and I forgot what they call that, there's a name for it. So basically, if you're anxious about something, the best way to get out of the, that anxiousness Right? The best way to get out of that anxiety is to prime yourself over time to respond differently. Which means, I, used, I catch the train when I need to go up to a different, a different county, right? And in catching the train, I realize, oh yeah, coaching definitely works. I realize that when I catch the train, if I'm late to it and I hear the bell, I get a lot of anxiety off rip because what is that anxiety telling me? Well, you need to hurry, right? Oh, you need to run, right? Fight or flight is kicking in. But if I become conscious that every time the bell rang, I don't need to get anxiety. Like if right when it hits, boom. And I'm like, I gotta act. I could actually breathe in and say, oh, this actually happens to me all the time. It's okay. One time. I did actually do this one time I was like oh I'm only earlier for the next train so I missed the train and I was like I'm only earlier for the next train so my mindset there shifted about it right so I got to a point where I literally switched my anxiety so it, it was not to the point where as soon as I hear the train I'm like uh, you know I'm able to you know, center myself, right? So that's generalized anxiety disorder. Like I said, I'm just gonna go through them. The next one is burnout. 
Let's May. I hope. Yeah, this is it. Burnout. We said overthinking. Burnout is another one that people normally commonly go through. And if you listen back to the yesterday's podcast where I talked about how stress relates to different temperaments, which means different ways of being. So if you are a person who's a competitive, over competitive, you're most likely going to end up burning out. Because what burnout is, is like, is you work so much, you work so much that you didn't give yourself any time to recuperate. And the lack of initiative, it literally gets felt by the people who literally go a long period of time ignoring their stress. Why are you ignoring the stress? Why is it the fact that if you're ignoring your stress, if you're ignoring your stress because of the lack of knowledge, right? If you're ignoring yourself because of the lack of knowledge, I understand. But now, what knowledge do you need so that you can actually have a self-care routine? Imagine when you woke up in the morning, just like you took a shower and you brushed your teeth and you go to the bathroom and you do whatever you got to do, you had a self-care wake-up routine. What that is, is is a priming routine. If you go back and watch my story, you're going to see my routine for today. That routine, what it's going to do is, is going to set you up for wellness right in the morning. Okay? And what that's going to do is it's going to diminish and lessen your stress every day automatic. You're going to maintain your wellness rather than run away from stress. Okay? So I want I want you to hear that. Maintain your wellness rather than run away from stress. So organize your house rather than get away from the mess. So what that's talking about is if you set time for you to improve your level of wellness, you won't have to manage crises. You will only be managing staying well. So imagine yourself playing mainly defense of your best state, right? So you don't necessarily have to be, you're not going to be scared of the worst state, but you're playing defense for your best state. So every day you're guarding your wellness. Previous video I posted on Instagram, if you're listening live, you want to follow the holistic motivator on Instagram, was that you have to guard your peace. You got to guard your mind. And that's talking about guarding your wellness. What if we woke up every day and we say like, what do I need today to ensure that I am the well, that I'm at my best state? What can I do today to ensure that my level of wellness is up there, right? When we make that, that thought comes up, when we make that decision, then now we're looking for opportunities for self-care. We're not going to be ignoring the stress if we're acting upon finding a solution, if we're acting upon doing the things that will keep us well, rather than say, oh, I'm stressed out. So what that means is look at your schedule and schedule out time for meditation. 
What that means is look at your schedule and set out time for tea time. Look at your schedule and schedule out time to go pluck your neck. You know, to massage your neck, right? To drum your body, to breathe, to work out, to make yourself some green juice. This is called guarding your wellness, okay? So in guarding your wellness, you're going to prevent burnout. So let's go back. We're talking about the different forms of stress. The first form of stress we said was the normal stress reaction, right? How do you normally react to the daily stresses in your life? Financial, emotional, relationship, relational, whatever that is. And the next one is generalized anxiety disorder. So over time, we record certain things and that recording replays over and that becomes a generalized anxiety disorder. So I would say all the normal stress reactions or the traumatic things gets recorded in the amygdala and it gets carried out by the brainstem all over, all over. So you find yourself in an anxious state and some of that leads to phobias, which is another one. So the third one is from generalized anxiety disorder, we go into a burnout. This is not necessarily being having anxiety, but this is reaching to a point where you can't deal with it anymore. So you're like, I'm burnt out. So you feel physically out of juice, mentally fogged and drained, and emotionally out of whack, right? So a burnout sometimes can get you stuck in the bed, right? And there's a correlation between burning out and being in depression. Sometimes they're actually the same, okay? Because it's actually the same that has to do with your body. All right, so the next one is hyperventilation, right? Which affects your nervous system, okay? Hyperventilation, see my accent. Okay, hyperventilation, which affects your nervous system and respiration. All right, I'm gonna read it for you what I wrote. The muscles around your lungs tightens up, like, Think as if you got your lungs and you got rubber bands. You know how they have the watermelon challenge where they put all the rubber bands around the watermelon until it squeeze out. So the muscles around the lung tighten and breathing become hard to do, right? So it becomes so difficult and there's a lack of CO2, carbon dioxide, right? Which means how do you let go of carbon dioxide? If you, right? Every time you breathe out, you exhale CO2. And when you inhale, you inhale oxygen, nitrogen, and 1% one, and 1 inert gas. So we inhale oxygen, exhale CO2. What would cause CO2 to not be in the body? If you're, if you're bringing it out, if you're sending it all out, if you're not really taking in any breath and you just hyperventilating, all right? So what causes hyperventilating? Anxiety causes hyperventilating. So when you breathe in your chest, 
right? So if you go to the doctor and you're like, breathe in, and you breathe in up in your chest, this is called chest breathing, right? You're not using your diaphragm, you're using your chest. This is anxiety breathing, I call it, because this is also how hyperventilation looks like, all right? So the lack of CO2 causes you to be dizzy, you're hyperventilating, and you almost feel like you're about to pass out, okay? So what is the solution to that? It's actually a brown bag, okay? So you want to breathe in and breathe out in a brown bag, okay? So it causes the blood to become too alkaline. So the next one, which may resemble a hyperventilation, hyperventilation, I need to learn that word, is panic attacks. Panic attacks, let me describe it in a non-scientific way how I feel it. It's almost being stuck. It's almost like you feel like you're stuck, your body's stuck, your breath's stuck, so your whole life form, force energy, it's stuck. It gets really stuck and then it starts running really fast. That's, you know what I mean? That's what I feel like a panic attack. It's like a deer in a headlight. This is my personal experience with it. But like I said, I didn't want to do that today. I want to give you as much of the scientific information. So it literally feels like an overwhelming, impeding disaster, right? And it feels like death or you're about to go crazy. You're about to die, right? Panic attacks literally feel like that. It's as if you don't really know what's happening. And that's, if you never knew it's a panic attack and that happens, you think you're about to die. And then you have a panic attack about panic attack because you're panicking about panicking. Just way too much panic, okay? And I don't want to impose that on you, but I just want to raise your awareness. So you also start to feel dizzy and you faint. Why would you feel dizzy when you're having a panic attack? Because you're probably hyperventilating. You're probably chest breathing. And you're probably not getting enough CO2. So you're going to get dizzy again. And then now you're going to feel like you're choking and have difficulty breathing. And sometimes you feel like you're being smothered and you're tight. Almost like something somebody dropped something heavy on you. So like having something heavy dropped on your mind or on your heart or in your life. Or getting that tough news. Your heart starts to pound pounding heart, butterflies in your stomach, tingling in the fingers, fidgeting. If you find yourself fidgeting, sometimes when you're having a conversation, I want you to watch yourself because you're going to see it happen, okay? Let's say you're talking to somebody and you're somehow not 100% certain of what you're saying. Or maybe you're not 100% confident. Or maybe you're just another human being. Okay, sometimes it's just be weird having conversations with people and that's okay. And you feel like ah, I got to, you know, you fidget. So to some level, you're experiencing anxiety, not a panic attack, but anxiety. So it, that gets okay. So the extremes of not managing your wellness is a panic attack. The extremes of not managing your wellness is hyperventilization. Hyperventilation. 
the extreme of not managing your to-do list is a burnout. So when you extremely take upon the stress without doing something for the stress, you get to the extreme. And the very basic, the regular stresses, which is the regular stresses of life is already stressful. Why would you want to go to the extreme? If anxiety is already stressful, why would you want to get to generalized anxiety disorder? If you can hear my voice, you're tuning in to the Ed Talks Daily Personal Development and Motivation Podcast. And I want to thank you for taking the initiative to grow holistically and invite you to subscribe to this podcast and leave a review. Thank you. If hyperventilating does not feel good, why would you want to get to a panic attack? So I say that all that to say is if the basic of your pain sucks, make sure you do the complicated things that will allow you to not suck <laughs> or that will allow you to be better. And it's not really complicated. I was playing on words there. But all I'm saying is if at the basis, at the root of anxiety, at the basis and the root of hyperventilating at the basis in the root of overworking. If that is painful, why would you want to get to the extreme? All right. Think about that question. Self-cultivation, self-management and managing your wellness is how to do get out of that. So. One out of 50 women have panic attacks and only one out of, no, one out of 50 women has panic attacks and one out of 100 men have them. I don't know the science behind that, but women have more panic attacks than men. It's as if men are stressing women out and their kids too and life and the media and Corona and everybody. But anyways, and the next form of stress is phobias phobias can be a long talk probably gonna do a whole podcast on phobia the next one i'm the next one is phobias the next one is and it's really feeling trapped and you're unable to escape and you're not having hey i'm busy that I, I told you guys yeah so it's feeling trapped unable to escape and not help having any help available and it's also the fear of being around too much people right so these are different phobias my bad i knew not to get into phobias so let's talk about agoraphobia agoraphobia is when you don't like being around <laughs> no it's not like you don't like being around people but it's like being around people stress you out okay so if you go to the supermarket and you're stressed if you go to anywhere right now is stressed. Now, everybody probably are developing agoraphobia, but it's being around crowds. You don't like that, right? And you don't feel like you want to deal with that. There's the fear of tight spaces, right? So phobias are not just fears, but they're, they're fears that become limitations, right? 
let me put it that way phobias literally are fears that become limitation because when you're fearful of something you you can do it anyways right when you're fearful of it you can say you know what i'm gonna get past the fear and i'm gonna do it so fear doesn't necessarily doesn't necessarily get stuck but when a phobia usually has to do with a childhood memory okay now i told you i'm not your psychotherapist but i study mental health so if you're scared of tight spaces or your crowds or you just don't want to be around them there has to be a point normally between one and seven go back and look between one and seven when did that freak you out for the first time Okay, when did that freak you out for the first time? That's going to tell you a lot about your agoraphobia. You know, we're not going to go too deep into that. But I want you to think about a time when you're on a place, you know, so much people, when you're a kid and you're in the midst of a bunch of adults and it looks so tall, it's almost like you're, you're small in the midst of giants and you're like, wow, something could have happened there. Maybe you could have gotten lost. Maybe somebody... Touch you or took you or something bad happened and now you agoraphobia so phobias is fear is fear stuck with trauma okay it's not a scientific definition now but better than scientific definitions are spiritual realizations so phobias in my spiritual realization is stuck fear through trauma stuck traumatic fears all right fear of being around too much people how it starts so first exhaustion i go shopping and it sucks you know and it causes me a bunch of anxiety why would i get exhausted of being around a lot of people well what if i'm worried about everybody's intention all the time what if i'm always watching my back watching my if i'm always watching my back hell yeah i'm gonna be anxious the media want everybody to be anxious like this everybody needs to have phobias that is what the world is trying to go towards let's make everybody don't want to be around each other so they all could live in fear and be phobia and and, and have phobias and not want to be around people guess what that's gonna cause a lot of the cascade effect is not going to be good. And then now, fear of making spectacle of self. So you're amongst a lot of people, you're exhausted with all this social energy. Let's say you're an introvert along the lines of a social environment that's stressing you out. And you're like, I'm not dealing, I'm not dealing with all these people. So what does that do to you? You get fearful of making a fool of yourself and that has to do with self-esteem self-confidence self-worth and knowing your value knowing your worth that's why i said if you work on yourself these fears will diminish because you're gonna start walking around like oh I, look how i'm pretty damn i'm pretty darn powerful here hmm. now i'm not saying it's gonna get in your head but i'm just saying you're gonna feel much better about yourself and your ability to handle the challenges of life that a lot of these things are gonna wash away. So self-cultivation is one of the best ways to start. But I'm not gonna let you know how to cultivate today here on this one. 
come back to Ed Talks Daily Personal Growth and Motivation for more. Now you become frightened. Now you hyperventilated, hyperventilating or a panic attack, hyperventilating and a panic attack. That those two hardwire crowds equals panic. Panic equals don't feel good. Don't feel good equals let's not be around crowds. That equals phobia. Now you're phobic. Okay? So that's a panic attack. All right, so did that help or did it not? I want everybody to comment below. I'm gonna read some of the comments live from Facebook, Instagram. And if you're listening on your favorite podcast app, I invite you to come and watch this every single weekday, Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. All right, so I talked about the six different forms of stress. The first one is a normal stress reaction. The second one is a generalized anxiety disorder. The third one is a burnout. Fourth one is hyperventilating. The fifth one is a panic attack. And the sixth one is a phobia. Think of them, each of them as a staircase or a staircase down that you're climbing unless you... Re- if you don't listen to your normal stress and do something about it, you're going to keep climbing that stair down to your lowest possible state. And the first state is, I'm normal. I'm just having a stress, normal stress. I don't do anything about it. And now I have anxiety disorder because I went 12 months and I did nothing about my stress. And I'm like, dang. Now I'm burning out. I'm burning out all the time. Now I'm having hyperventilate. I'm hyperventilating. Now panic attacks. Now I'm completely phobic. You see? So unless you guard your wellness from the jump, you're gonna keep going down that road. So this is a start. Being here is a start. Ed Talks Daily is a start. Studying is a start. Breathing is a start. Yoga is a start. Qigong is a start. Everything is a start. So you must start from being curious and then consistently seeking and then applying what you saw and then compare the results. Seek get, apply, compare, and teach. Seek, and you shall find. Find, and you shall apply. Apply, compare, share. Apply, compare, share. Now, the reason why you share is you become better, and you learn more, and you hardwire it into your being the more you teach it if you want to learn something teach it so you learn it and then now start to talk about it start to notice it become a studier of other people's stress it's hard to see your stress but if you can see when other people's stress because this gives you outside signs it'll allow you to see when you stress, and now you can do something about it. All right. So that is a start. Let's start from there. Thank you all for tuning in to Ed Talks Daily. Today I talked about the different forms of stress and the way out of the different forms of stress is to guard your mental wellness. And a couple of strategies is including your routine 
certain things, which next week I'll be talking about what to do. This week is what what is stress? What causes stress? What are the different forms of stress? How does your temperament relate to stress? Next week, or by the end of this week, I'm going to tell you what are the strategies, what you can do about it. Okay? And if you come to full workshops and seminars, then we can actually work on the implementation portion of that. Where we actually help you create your routine. But you, how will you do that if you don't subscribe to the Holistic Motivator on Facebook? So, I know some of you are watching from a live watch party. If you're watching on the Eric Thomas group, whatever group you're watching. If you go to your Facebook search bar, the Holistic Motivator, you will be able to see whatever I put out. And then now you stay on the in the loop, in the loop, in the loop, because the content only gets better as I get better. Your stress will only diminish as you get better, so you don't get better by demand. Things don't get better by demand. Things get better when you mend the gaps. Things don't get better by demanding it, but things get better when you mend the gaps. When you become the person who does things to guard your wellness, then things get better. But if you're the person who says, I have anxiety, or I have anxiety is actually, mm, um, let's say, sometimes when I'm not in my full power, anxiety drives my bus. I think... That is the way we should tell people about anxiety. Sometimes when I'm not in my true power, anxiety robs my bus. What is that saying to them? It's saying, I'm not an anxious person. I don't have anxiety. And you might say, well, you just told us about the generalized anxiety disorder. Well, label it, but don't identify with it. This is number one. I don't know if your therapist told you that. But I'm not a therapist. I'm the motivator. So I can tell you that. Label it, but don't identify with it. What does it mean to identify? When you say I'm an anxious person or I'm a depressed person, you become it. And now it's hard to get yourself out of the loop. So why would you want to claim that way of being? Don't do that. Don't claim it. Identify it. And then now you can do better. Okay? So somebody says, things get better also when you admit to yourself you need to overcome your weakness. Yes, when you admit, admit, admit. Confess. Confession, when you admit, is the first step. Remember the 12-step program? Admit. All right, so make a decision today that you're going to guard your wellness, you're going to choose to be well, you're not going to get to the extreme, but you're going to notice at the root, when you hear the noise, do something about it, okay? And make a decision which cut off from the things that are causing you anxiety, the things that are causing you dis-ease, the foods that is robbing your wellness. That's my message and I'm sticking to it. It's the holistic motivator i want to thank you all for listening to ed talks daily this wonderful beautiful wednesday morning i invite you to subscribe to this podcast 
by visiting anchor.fm forward slash ed talks daily subscribe to the youtube the holistic motivator on instagram the holistic motivator also ed talks daily on the ed talks daily instagram page you're gonna get episode notes so you're gonna get extras on my personal page you're gonna get a whole lot okay and that's it remember you have the unlimited power to overcome your stress don't let the stress take control of you take control of your wellness peace I want to remind you that you have unlimited power within you to achieve whatever it is that you want and to construct the person you want to be. But first, you must believe it in order to achieve it. And until that happens, the world will forever miss your talents, your gifts, and all the great things that you have to offer. So let your light shine, don't hide it, don't dim it. Thank you. Find Ed Talks Daily on your favorite podcast app and be sure to leave your thoughts in the form of review. Until next time, remain in your unlimited power.